Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. Elaine Dinos is the founder of Kindred Lane, a company that sparks healthy growth in people, organizations, and communities. I credit Elaine with being the first person to really help me figure out how to put true purpose into my business, resulting in Dragon Army's purpose of inspiring happiness. We talk about purpose, of course, and how we met, and we also discuss how and why she, with a successful career and a young family, took the plunge into entrepreneurship. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, I am so excited about this podcast episode because I get to chat with someone who had a big impact on my life and helped me refine how I think about one of my favorite words, and that's purpose. So Elaine, we we tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's good to be here with you. So what do I do? That's always a loaded question. That's actually one of the first questions I ask in uh, one of our core exercises. But um, I think what you mean is what do I do at work? Um, So Elaine Dinos is uh, my name. I'm the founder of Kindred Lane. And Kindred Lane is a collaborative of practitioners and creators, and we spark healthy growth in people, organizations, and communities. Amazing. And we're going to get to how you founded the company, um, but and we're going to get to how you impacted my company. But I want to go way back. When did you first start researching, studying? When did the word purpose start finding its way into your atmosphere? You know, it's funny um, to think about that, um, to rewind the clock a bit. It was um, after having my first child uh, eight years ago that I went back to work in a you know traditional corporate setting and I was doing the dance of balancing this intensely fulfilling role of being a mom with uh, extremely gratifying and challenging and um, demanding career. And it was really in that quest of balance and integrating both work and life in a new way that I started to think about my personal purpose. And then it was through a series of um, development programs, both inside of work and then also just out in my own personal journey that the word purpose started to pop up more and more. But uh, I do remember there was a point where I think anyone I talked to and everyone who 
knew me, and I, I know we talked a lot during this time, is probably purpose was every third word out of my mouth. Um, I was at that point trying to figure out what it really meant and how it was showing up in my life. I was very much in the quest for my own personal purpose and how that, that was manifesting in my work. Yeah. It's so interesting because I'm in that phase now where it's like, if I'm giving up, you know, my books aren't yet about purpose really, but like at the end of every book talk, I have to talk to everybody like, look, if you do one thing, forget everything I just told you, if you do one thing, spend time on your personal purpose. So as you look back, I like to talk about my life as like, you know, there's like a a line in the sand. It's like pre-purpose and post-purpose, you know, (laughs) I can see a clear difference. Do you, can you do that as well? Looking back earlier in your life and saying, gosh, I wish I had had that earlier. You know, it's funny. I think, um, it's kind of like when you watch a movie and they get to that point, you're like, ah, now I know what's going to happen. But if you think about it, there were clues all along that Mm. it was going to happen. Um, I don't know if that, that resonates, but, um, that's what came to mind. Um, you know, for me, it's really a discovery and, um, you know, I use tree metaphor a lot. I'm sure we'll talk more about trees, but I think about it as like the surface, you know, the, the soil, the first level of the soil. And then as you dig deeper and deeper, there's just more and more that you uncover there is a defining moment of like the last week of January of 2016 that I can say like that was the moment that the lights came on and uh, life shifted and everything became uh, about being connected to my purpose. But the quest for purpose was before that. And the more I look at it, what I've really discovered is an uncovering of what was always consistent and uh, in who I am and how I show up in the world from my earliest memories. Mm. Can can you talk about that January 2016 moment? Yes, you want the story. I do. Okay. <laughs> I very much do. So let's just jump right in. Um, so, you know, it's funny because this, I'm still very much in the, my corporate world at this point. And now as an entrepreneur, I share the story more freely. But I was kind of afraid to share the story with people at first because it sounded a little crazy, even to me. Um, but now I've gotten comfortable with sharing it. So um, I, I guess that's my my preface is that I realize this might sound a little bit out there for folks. Um, so let's see. So I mentioned that my quest for purpose started after having my first child in 2012. And, um, and over the next few years, it was about, you know, continuing to do things the way I had done them. This need for achievement, how high is the bar, you say, I'll jump, um, you know, number one in this, who cares what I'm balancing at home, you know, all of those ego gratifiers and, um, you know, externally driven success factors. Um, and, you know, they, they felt good, right? Um, compensation being one of them. But when I had my second son in um, April of 2015, it was the real like, you know, the car shifted, you know, the brakes were put on. It's like, okay, Elaine, you hadn't yet figured out how to balance work and life. All you had done is just replace your social life with baby things. And um, you had kept doing work the same way that you'd always done it. And now that's not going to work. If someone was talking to me, that's what the message would have been. So I went back to work uh, September of 2015, just really um, not not ready to jump back onto the highway. 
So I kind of felt like I had been dropped onto um, fast moving traffic in the wrong direction. And like, here are your deliverables, you're four months into the fiscal year, go and you got to catch up and go and because that's the way things are done, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of the way the machine works and, and what I expected of myself. And um, I, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. I asked for coaching. Um, I needed help integrating these very different parts of my life. I had a very challenging second child that really tested me as a mother. So I was not getting a lot of sleep. I was not taking care of myself. And um, I was trying to keep doing everything I had done that but way. What? But what what um, what helped you see that you did need to ask for help? Because, you know, based on everything you just said, I assume you're the person who was like, I'll just figure it out. I don't you know, I don't want to show a sign of not being able to handle it. Was there something that happened or somebody did somebody say, hey, you need to step back a little bit? Yeah, uh, there were a series of conversations that were like eye opening to me. Um, My first day back from maternity leave, I sat down with my assistant at the time. And I remember just sitting there and saying, oh. I'm so relieved to be back. I'm just, I've been so tired. I'm glad to be back for, to have a break. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? This is not where you go for having a break. And I realized like, oh, okay, right. Um, I'm back. I'm back into a really challenging work environment and demanding work environment, which I, which I loved. Um, And then there were a series of conversations with bosses, peers, when I just, I couldn't relate. It's like I couldn't jump from like I honestly felt like I was jumping from one branch of a tree all the way to the other side of a branch of the tree because there was just such a vast divide between who I was as a mom and what I was needing to do, um, like nursing my child and then like getting ready to go into a, a like meet with a board of directors. I mean, that's just it's quite a juxtaposition, and some people do that really gracefully. I did not, um, and so it was a realization of that. And so I asked for help, which is not something I did well. Um, so I asked for help with a lot of tears. Um, I asked for help. It was kind of like at that already past the breaking point. Um, and so it was finally January 2016 when I sat down with the coach. Um, and so that's what was happening in my personal life. And I, I often talk about the combination of both personal life and professional life, which we don't always do, but that's how I found the intersection of my per- personal purpose. And that's really been my true north um, ever since. So that's what was happening with me personally. And then professionally, I had been working with purpose-driven companies. I'd had a few companies um, in the consumer sector that I had an opportunity to work with, purpose-driven brands like Kind Healthy Snacks and Interface, uh, Tom's Shoes. And I learned so much from these companies. I was in executive recruiting and leadership consulting. And I was just soaking up everything I was learning from these corporate cultures. And so I was organizing within my, my company at the time, I was organizing a purpose practice really across all lines of business and industries, bringing people together who were working on personal purpose or organizational purpose or sustainability. And we, it was actually the, so on a Tuesday that last week in January, I met with the executive coach on the Wednesday and Thursday I gathered a group of 10 people from across the company who became the beginning of our purpose team and our purpose community. And um, so that was, that was, you know, three days out of the week. 
it was at that meeting that I started to notice in myself this um, conversation about like uncovering what was in my roots and unearthing something and digging deep. And I mentioned to the group, I said, does anyone else notice these metaphors that we're talking about the earth and roots and and um, it kind of, you know, went over everyone's head and we kept talking about, you know, purpose and, and what we were working on. But it was, it was a real time when I look at it and said, I felt so connected to my values and a community of people that I could express my values and the work we were doing together was connected to a societal impact. And so it was a real connection among personal team and the, organ- and the societal impact. Um, so that's one kind of real shift that I saw that week. So then I go back, um, to Atlanta, I fly home and I realize, you know, I have not been taking care of myself. I need to go to a yoga class. So I go in to take a, to take a yoga class. I come out and I see roots juices. Um, I guess this could be an advertisement for roots juices or, or maybe, maybe not, but, um, I came out and I really wanted I'd been wanting to do a juice cleanse. I'd been talking about it. It just was one of those things I just hadn't made time for. And I see roots juices. I'm like, well, this is obvious, right? Like I'm supposed to go in there and do a juice cleanse. So I get my three-day juice cleanse. And um, on the first day, I was just really hungry and cranky. Um, On the second day, I was a little clearer and still hungry. And on the third day, Jeff, I... um, I'm not joking. It was like the lights came on and I was so replenished in like at a cellular level um, that I felt like I, I don't know, I felt like I was high. I felt like I was having a spiritual awakening. I felt like I just, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've, I've had a lot of people refer to it a lot of different ways, but it was in that moment that I had this very profound but simple aha, which was that I have to take care of myself to thrive and that it's not a branch on the tree. This thing about self-care and nurturing oneself, it's this soil and the sun and the water that makes the whole system work. And the purpose and values that I felt so connected to were the roots that really anchor me to the earth. And then all of what I do in the branches of my tree or just the different ways I show up and manifest my purpose in the world so I can have the impact I want to have. And it was like so clear that that is, that was it. That was like, you know, the moment of profound realization of this very simple truth that I don't know why it took me so long to realize. But um, the, the funny part of that is that we actually got pregnant with our third child during that time. So um, his name is forest because um, I was obsessed with trees the whole time. Uh, he was incubating. Was obsessed with trees? What's that? Was obsessed with trees? Was, yes. Um, it, that's when it started. <laughs> that's when it started. But um, yeah, it, it hasn't stopped. No, it hasn't. Um, and what is your personal purpose statement? So it's evolved. Um, it, it's evolved. And I think that's, that's natural. So I think about um, personal purpose as something that grows and, and evolves. It's something organic and living, much like a tree. But um, at that point, it I was speaking about my purpose as sparking healthy growth. And what I've realized is that that was really Kindred Lane's purpose. 
and it came through me as I was beginning um, Kindred Lane. The way I articulate my personal purpose now is to live and work in harmony with nature and one another and to inspire others too as well. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, that's the story. (laughs) That's, I mean, I love it. (laughs) And I don't think it's hokey, but then again, there's some people who hear the word purpose and they're like, "Ah, I don't know. And I, I might've been one of those people, uh, before. Um, and you know, the spark, what was the, what was it before sparking healthy growth? Is that what you said? Which is still kindred lanes purpose. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we'll get, yeah. So we'll get to Kindred Lane in a second. So you, you and I first came into contact, I think was when you spoke at the marketing roundtable, Right. Right. With, with one of your peers or a couple yes. of your peers. And you talked about purpose-driven companies and I had, I can't remember what year that would have been. Um, but in, have been in 2016, I think late in 2016, cause we had written people on a mission, the, okay, yep. the white paper. Um, on proving that purpose drives performance. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been wrestling. Um, I had found my personal purpose um, in like 2013, 2014. Um, and the one thing as an entrepreneur and I've, you know, built businesses, the one thing that I never was able to do was to find a purpose that I thought could be authentic to the businesses I had created because, and, and this is, you know, I, I now realize somewhat immature of, of, of a way to think, but I've thought, gosh, you know, I can understand how Nike could have a purpose, you know, make the world healthy, whatever, you know, I could understand kind bar Tom shoes, the ones you mentioned as an agency, we were building websites and mobile apps and whatnot for the Nikes and the Tom shoes. Right. Um, and so I kept thinking it, it we're not, we're helping other people fulfill their mission. But then again, if I, if I made that our mission, it's not really about us. And it's also like, well, then I have to get behind brands that I, you know, I don't I don't know that they have pure mission. So, but, but, but I asked you after that talk, if we could get coffee. I remember Um, it well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you helped me realize that a purpose a purpose could be so much more than what your company builds. And that's, that's my memory is like, that was the aha and that you challenged me to think about why did I start dragon army and, and what did I want it to be? Is that your recollection of how that went? It is. I I remember, and I, I so appreciate that you um, remember me as part of that story because it is an experience that we have that's so profound for ourselves that we sometimes forget who is around us. So it really means a lot that, that you remember me as part of that, um, that excavation. But I, I think um, I, it, it was for me, my memory is, you know, Jeff, it's not out there. Like you're looking out there, it's in here. And I, 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 um, I don't think it's exactly, it was like, you know, that dramatic, but that's what <laughs> I said. But if we were to like, you know, reenact it, but, um, but I do think that's, you know, it's like people, I see people do this a lot. I see organizations do this a lot of like, who do we want to be? And it's this aspirational and that's so much part of it. But I see that more as the impact. Mm-hmm. And then the purpose is really anchored in who you are. It's grounded in who you are. And it's really like that original seed that has grown into what you've become. And so I see this through line and I work with, companies and people on this a lot is it's really about 
honoring the past, being honest about the present, and being hopeful about the future. And if you follow that through line, well, not only is that really like what we're all hoping to do as humans, right? Um, And maybe some of the challenges we face when we don't see eye to eye with one another is that honoring our past looks different and hopeful for the future looks different. And we sometimes come at that with a scarcity mindset. But when we really think about it of like, what if there really is enough for all of us Mm -hmm. to achieve that? What if there's enough to go around? There's not a scarcity, but there's an abundance. Then we can really like not compromise at any one of those past, present, and future points. Like what is that through line that, that, that leads us to our abundance and helps us really live in our wholeness in the present, in the future? And sometimes it's hard to really take a look at the past because um, like roots of a tree, they are messy. Sometimes our past is messy and complicated and ugly, and we don't want to look at all of it. But I also say, like, you're not supposed to dig up the roots of the tree. Like, Mm. they're messy and they're complicated and they hold you firmly to the ground, whether you're a company or an individual. You know, companies are just collections of individuals. So companies are messy too, right? There's a lot of human error that comes together, but there's also a lot of human brilliance. But so the root system can be messy. We just have to be honest about it and know where it is and clear and water it and take care of it so that we can continually renew and grow the system. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That took us a little uh, bit off track. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm I'm so in agreement with that though. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, I, I think you gave me some reading materials and some different things to go do. And I read them and I watched them. A lot of it was Simon Sinek. Um, and, uh, and no, it was pivotal. And and what's so funny is that was 16. Was that really 2016? Um, yeah, somewhere around there. I, I cannot imagine having a company without having an authentic purpose for that business. And it's a part of everything. Like, you know, I've written two, two business books since then, and they all talk about having purpose as an organization. So, um, no, I, I, you, you, you were the key that opened that up. I was searching for it. So I appreciate you taking the time with me and it's why I'm such a believer in what you're doing now. So let's, let's get to that. So you, you had in, in January of 2016, it sounds like what I like to call your Jerry Maguire moment. That's good. I like that. Yes. That's, That's the thing. That's good. Um, but then, but, but then you did this incredibly brave thing, um, where you, you know, with a family, with a successful career, you jumped out and started your own business. Um, and when did you do that? 18, 2018, when did you start? Uh, Well, so I left, um, the corporate world in end of 2017 and I took a few months to what I now refer to as tilling the soil. Um, yeah, of course. Right. Um, and it's interesting cause you know, I'd been in executive recruiting and I never really appreciated, um, gaps on people's resumes or spaces. Um, and, uh, I, I now look at that really differently. Um, you know, in a, if we're growing in a garden, there needs to be a fallow season in order to grow something new. And, um, you know, if we bring that gardener mindset to whatever we do, so yes, and then it was March of 2018 when Kindred Lane, the seeds of Kindred Lane grew. I'm actually looking right now at a picture my oldest son drew 
of uh, of Kindred Lane and the the vision behind it, which is two trees and a bridge and a heart rooted in love. Love it. I love it so much. I mean, I, I don't know if you think of it as as um, brave, um, but there, you and I both know there are so many people that are successful leaders that maybe do have their moment of of awakening, but to and and maybe they think that should be them starting their own thing, um, and yet that's a hard hard thing to do. So just for a moment, um, conversations with your husband, you know, thinking about your family. Was it just like, obviously I have to do this and I'm doing this or was it, did you guys struggle over that decision? Well, yes. Um, both. (laughs) The answer is always both for me. Um, it always has been, um, I could talk more about that if you want, but, uh, yes, it was, I remember just moments of like, if I don't do this, like I'm going to get sick was one of the like intuitions that like, it just wasn't healthy for me to push and try to fulfill my purpose in a place that wasn't asking for it. I worked for a wonderful company that was doing wonderful things, but what I was trying to do was not um, being asked for. And so it was, I was expending a lot of energy trying to bring people on board. Um, And um, at, at a point I just got real honest with myself that like, I needed to do this in a way that was um, aligned with people who needed it and were asking for it instead of trying to convince people that they needed what I had to offer, um, which I think I'd just spent a lot of time on. And I'm a little stubborn sometimes. So I finally realized that I was wasting a lot of energy there. I mean, it was a big financial decision um, too. And so we had to think about some lifestyle changes to make this work. And also with three children under four, there was just the reality of what I was going to be capable of. Um, so things were shifting anyway. I, I knew I needed to work differently. But as you know, starting a business as an entrepreneur um, is not for the faint of heart. So um, I don't know why I thought it would be easier than <laughs> having a day job. <laughs> it, yeah, it takes it takes some hard work. But but it's so true to you. If you're doing it right, it's so true to who you are that it, it can, it can not feel like work, which can be a problem with work-life balance. I find that, you know, like, especially early on in my entrepreneurial journey, like my hobby was also my business. And so turning it off wasn't, wasn't something I was like, how do I turn this off? It was like, I don't want to turn this off because I love it. And I know what you're doing is, is really living into who you are. So, um, so that must be a different balance. Whereas before it was like, I got to achieve, I got to be up, you know, up here with my peers. And so I got to work a lot. And now I'm guessing if part of you feels compelled because it's such exciting work, right? Absolutely. It's interesting. I don't know if this is something all entrepreneurs experience. I know you've over the years when we've met, I feel like we walk, I walk away. I'm like, well, that was a coaching session. Thank you, Jeff, for coaching me. Um, as an entrepreneur, I found that Um, just how exposed you are as a leader, as an individual, and just how much of a commitment to personal growth, at least for me, is required to take the next step in my, in growing my organization. And so it's not like, um, I'm not able to compartmentalize it. Like personal growth is required to take the next step and grow your business at every level is, is what I felt. Um, and, um, 
I started redefining. So work-life balance didn't make sense to me anymore of like the scale um, that felt like a bit of a compromise and like a scarcity mindset for me. Um, So what it really became is work-life integration. Um, And I required of myself to bring different energy to it, right? So I wasn't going to be fueled by this need for achievement to prove to myself that I can do it or to prove that I was successful when I left the corporate world or to prove that I can have three kids under four and the successful business. It was like, okay, ego, goodbye, 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 surrender over and over and over again. And that's something that has been so humbling and uh, that I still struggle with. Um, And then, you know, surrender again to so for me, you know, Jeff, it's probably not the best promo for my business, but it's like the honest truth is that um, there have been seasons, especially the past seven months, where motherhood has has required so much more of me than I ever knew, especially with kids' virtual learning. And it's been hard to, like you said, like, I don't want to let this go. Like, this is my this came from the deepest depths of my soul of who I am and my expression in the world. Um, And so my business is just an expression of me. And um, especially when I'm drowning in motherhood, I'm really longing for more of that time with my business and to be able to express myself. And so I've needed to just be really patient that this is a season Um, you know, we flow through different seasons and work-life integration does not mean that it's a perfect balance of the scales at every moment. Yeah. I think that's, I think you've got the right perspective. You're two and a half years in, right? About two and a half years into the business. Yeah. And yeah. And I think you, I think you've nailed it. I think that's exactly the right way to think about it. So talk, talk to me about like your two and a half years in, like, How's it going? Um, is it what you thought it was when you started? Is it totally, have you gone in different directions? Like, h- how's it going? It, yes, my business has evolved quite a bit um, over the years. So when I first started Kindred Lane, I was essentially doing the corporate purpose thing, but in my business. And I also started bringing in some short-term coaching that I called Spark Coaching. Um, but really it was about the um, the quest and actualization of corporate purpose. Um, as the work has continued, I have brought more of my personal journey into the work because I've seen how much that is missing from the work that are that we're doing within the workspace. Um, there are several examples of business leaders who have shared with me that they're, and we talked a little bit about this, that the organizational growth is limited by the leader's personal growth. And I've seen that for myself. I've seen how much we compartmentalize who we are at work and our corporate business purpose with our personal purpose. And as I've shared, it's all just different branches of the same tree. So the more my work has continued uh, it has been honoring and deepening that interconnection. And so the methodology that we've developed is called Wisdom of the Forest. And it's about reconnecting with self, one another, and nature. And we use that model, which is a systems lens. And it's a way of bringing personal growth, organizational growth, and systemic 
impact at the social or environmental or whatever um, impact is the desire of the individual or organization. But it brings that systems lens so that we're really setting up a vehicle for individuals to grow in a way that enables the growth of their organization and to bring more alignment between work, life, and really like what we're trying to achieve for our businesses and how that directly impacts the success of humanity and our planet, um, even if it's in small little ways in between um, mothering. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, um, and last question on the business, um, cause we could talk for hours on this cause I'm, I'm such a passionate, uh, purpose, business life person like you are, but, um, are, do you find yourself it's, is mostly coaching and working with leaders? Um, I, I guess more so than the business. Is that, is that fair to say? So we have a different, um, so I'm not right now in this season doing as much individual coaching. If uh, I have a couple people I'm talking to who that's really what they want. And so I might engage more in that just because that's what they need in the season. But what we're really focused on sharing is group learning environments for leaders. So right now we have a something called a rooted in love exploration, which is a it can be done in a four week series or a two week series. It's about eight to nine hours of content, but it's geared for business leaders to bring their teams and organizations together during this divisive time. Um, and so it's really about who you are as a person, but being able to show up in a work context. And the way we do that is by digging deeper. So there's like what I call the muddy layer of politics and religion and race and all the things that we think divide us. And when we actually dig deeper into our roots and we see the commonalities among us, we have a language for connection and realization of our similarities that really unite us across our differences. So we actually, um, that's really the work we're focused on right now. So um, because it feels like what we need the most in this season um, and then, so that is like the individual as a leader with their team or organization, and that might lead to the, the leader wanting to go deeper on a, um, learning journey with, a with peers outside of work, or that might lead to the leader wanting to do organizational purpose work for their organization, or it might lead for them to want to do individual coaching in their personal life. So it's really about meeting that internal change maker where they are and helping them flow throughout all parts of who they are as a person, as a leader and for their organization. Mm. Got it. Um, Ivy, what does Ivy represent on the tree? Oh, that's interesting. Is it climbing <laughs> up the tree? Is it native species? Is it an invasive I'm thinking species? Of it, I'm thinking of it as Ivy that um, climbs the tree, but, but ultimately harms the tree. Yeah, so it sounds like ivy as an invasive species. So I think what I would say is there are those who tend to the garden who also protect the trees. Um, there are um, there's a need for us to look as humans at what our impact is um, and regenerating. So when I think about like on an actual level of ivy and our role as humans of regenerating and planting native species. 
but as a metaphor, I might think of like that tree, you as an individual having healthy boundaries and who are the people or what are the things that you do not have healthy boundaries with, the things that you can't kind of shut off and just have compassion for, whether it's about with yourself or with others. Um, that's interesting. That's the first time anyone's asked that question. I like that. You nailed it. I mean, look, I, I bought it. I bought it. So <laughs> that was the first time you thought about what Ivy could represent. I like that. Um, okay. Last bonus question here. What is your favorite book or books? Um, just all time could be fiction, nonfiction could be whatever that you go back to that you really cherish uh, and why. So I have, that's really hard to narrow it down. Um, but the, okay, I'll give you one. I'll start with one. Um, the Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. Um, I, I just, the first time I read it, I remember like turning the pages with such care and gratitude for the words that were written on the pages. And mm -hmm. for me, it's the, the bringing the mystical into the everyday and the journey and the quest for humanity that is so simple and so profound and the journey that we all just end up coming home to ourselves. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's up there. Awesome. That's, I'm embarrassed to say I have not read it. It's been on my list for years. Um, but once again, I, I listen when you talk and I'm going to read that one. Well, and I'll let you know. don't give me any credit for that. Cause, uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, that's all. I can't even remember all the people who recommended it to me. And it finally, I was like, you know what, I'm finally going to sit down and read it. So I think it's more about the right book at the right time. And so now when you're ready for it, it'll have that impact, you know? Awesome. I love it. Well, Elaine, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for um, our friendship and for the impact that you've made um, to, for me and all my dragons and hopefully everybody that we we infect with inspiring happiness, which is our purpose. Um, just, just thanks for everything. Well, thank you for the invitation to be part of this. Thank you for your friendship and just uh, for allowing me to be part of your story and your journey because it's really inspiring to see all you're doing out there and um, don't give me too much credit because you, uh, you, you have no other way than to inspire happiness and it's exciting to see. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Well, I'll have you on because we got lots more to talk about. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, bye. Steph. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 